Hi there, and welcome to the Shelter Journey podcast, a place where parents and caregivers of children, minor or adult children, living with emotional, behavioral, developmental, and or intellectual challenges can come anytime, anywhere to feel less alone, less isolated in their journey, a place where their experiences are shared, acknowledged, and honored a place to feel safe and heard. This is also a place for people who may not be on this particular journey with a child, but who want to learn, understand, and be more supportive of the people in their lives who are on this path. You can listen to all episodes of Sheltered Journey at the Sheltered Journey website, www.shelteredjourney.org. In addition to the episodes, you'll also find helpful resources at the website, which I do my best to update regularly. And if you know of a resource that you think would be helpful to a parent or caregiver on this path, write to me at shelteredjourney at gmail.com and let me know about it. You can also find Sheltered Journey on Instagram. So, look us up at Shelter Journey and follow. And if you feel a connection to the podcast and want to support my continued work and efforts in providing support to parents and caregivers on this journey, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at the shelterjourney.org website. Thank you. This episode of Sheltered Journey is called Life Goes On. No matter what, life goes on. Days grow into weeks that turn into months that morph into years. Life goes on in a forward direction. No abundance of wealth and influence, no technological advance can change that. Sometimes, when we are having particularly joyous moments, we may want to freeze life, stay right where we are, or rewind life and play back those cherished moments that brought such joy. Or sometimes, we may want to rush life, shove it along and fast forward through those monstrously difficult times, come out at the other end of life with lessons learned and wounds healed. Yet despite our heartfelt wishes, the 24 hours in a day progress at the same pace. And with this progression of life come all the responsibilities, obligations, and challenges, all the nuances that are particular to your life and to mine what we often call the daily grind of life. The work to be done, bills to be paid, engagements to be honored, appointments to be made, phone calls, emails, and texts to be sent and responded to, meals to be prepared, rooms to be cleaned, repairs to be done, and so on. You can just add your to-do list here. The daily grind is real. As parents and caregivers of children living with mental health and other challenges, we live the daily grind of life like everybody else does. 
But there's so much more to our daily grind. Much more juggling of scorching hot potatoes, isn't there? So much more that makes our 24-hour grind bumpy. So much more that makes our lives different, more challenging. And as life goes on for us, as it progresses without fail, those differences, often unseen to those not on this road, deserve acknowledgement and honor. There are lots of examples I can give about how our daily grind is much different than others not on this path. But since I purposely try to keep this podcast to a manageable length so that you can listen to it in one sitting, I'll just mention a few here. For example, the phone calls. Now, everybody gets phone calls. We know that. But these phone calls, and let's also include texts here, shake us to our core in the bone-jarring, ear-splitting way a jackhammer drills into concrete. Yet despite these phone calls, we power through our lives the best we can. We don't have a choice. A friend of mine also on this journey works as a business consultant. She told me about a phone call she received while riding a train into New York City to give a presentation to a client. As she anxiously read through her notes in preparation, her phone rang, and it was the police telling her that they were taking her daughter, who lives with mental health challenges, to the emergency room for a psychiatric evaluation after an incident that happened at the house shortly after she left for the city. The police officer told my friend that she needed to get to the hospital ASAP to be with her daughter. And like many of us on this journey, my friend has received plenty of phone calls from the police in regard to situations that have arisen with her child. So much so that there is a familiarity with them, familiarity that no one would willingly have. So my friend, whose train has just pulled into the city, finds a quiet area in the terminal and makes some calls. She's able to find someone to get over to the hospital and sit with her daughter until she can get there. She also calls members of her daughter's psychiatric team to keep them in the loop. In between her phone calls out, she receives a call from an irate representative of her building's management company wanting to know why the police were at her apartment and why she hadn't called them to inform them of the situation. After she finds someone to sit with her daughter at the hospital until she can get there, talks to her child's support team, and deals with the pissed-off apartment manager— and this is the life-goes-on part. She gathers her notes, walks the few blocks to the office of her client, and, at a crowded table with all eyes on her, makes the presentation. She then answers questions from the client as the meeting winds down, packs up her laptop and assorted papers, makes her way back to the terminal, gets the next train home, and spends the remainder of the day and the rest of the evening in the ER with her daughter. 
She told me that the experience was surreal. She said, If my client only knew what my morning leading up to the presentation had been like, they had no idea all of what I was carrying emotionally as I made that presentation. On this path as a parent or caregiver of a child living with challenges, our life goes on with what often feels like out-of-body experiences, shocking and sometimes unspeakable occurrences. Yet, we put one foot in front of the other and we keep going. And that's just one of the types of phone calls we get on this path as our life goes on. Some of us get frequent phone calls and texts from a child in a day. Yet frequent isn't quite the right word because these calls and texts are much more than frequent. They are literally, sometimes, unending. The calls come in at such a dizzying pace that we would have to actually show our phone or text log to someone to demonstrate the sheer number of calls and texts received in 24 hours because they probably wouldn't believe us if we told them that it felt as if our child was calling us every minute in the day. Sometimes the calls are accusatory, demanding, filled with foul language. Sometimes the calls are looping, repeating the same thing over and over again. Sometimes they are heart-wrenching, cries for help, requests for money. Perhaps they are for nothing in particular, but they come through over and over and over again. These calls come as our life goes on, while we are on the job, as we do the grocery shopping, pay the bills, clean the house, attend the event, watch the TV, go for the walk. When we are sick, dealing with our own turmoil outside of our child, with our own fears, with life as it goes on. And sometimes, suddenly, the phone calls stop, and we don't know where our child is. How are our child is doing? Who is with our child? How can we help our child? On some level, we may welcome the respite, but any rest, if you can call it that, is tinged with worry, with regret, with the guilt that parents and caregivers on this journey are so familiar with. Another example of what parents and caregivers live with as life goes on are the meltdowns. My daughter, V, who lives with emotional and developmental challenges, deals with meltdowns. And there have been some doozies. They've gotten better as she's matured and as we've figured out the right cocktail of medications and therapeutic intervention for her. But oh, how those meltdowns shook and shake my life. And the meltdowns aren't scheduled. We don't know when they are coming or how long they will last. They don't come at appropriate times. They just come and we deal with them as our life goes on. 
In episode four of Sheltered Journey called The Forgotten Child, I talk a lot more about these meltdowns as a young child, ones that she'd have pretty much on a daily basis when we walked through the doors of school each day, and how those meltdowns affected her sister. Yet life went on because it had to with the sounds of these screaming and hysteria still in my ears, I went to work, fulfilled my many obligations, managed her psychiatric team. Life went on. What about the seemingly endless left and right turns we make in the maze of services and systems we search for and try to understand in advocating for our child? in getting the support they and we so desperately need, in figuring out how to afford services, how to pay for that doctor, that psychiatrist that everybody says we should see, but who does not take insurance. Fighting with insurance companies on what seems like a daily basis. In trying to understand a diagnosis or multiple diagnoses, to make sense of it all and wondering how that diagnosis will play out as life goes on. Let's not forget that on this path we deal with the stigma that surrounds mental illness and other neurological differences that affect the brain. In dealing with the people that have little to no understanding or compassion for those on this journey. We do all of this while our life goes on. While we run the business, teach the class, nurse the sick, manage the home, while life goes on. And let me be clear here. This is not complaining that I'm talking about here. We all do what we have to do. That's life. But there must be acknowledgement for the unique circumstances of parents and caregivers on this journey. And that's what I am doing in the best way that I know how with this episode. So life and all of its inevitable ups and downs goes on for all of us. But for parents and caregivers of children living with mental health and other challenges, our life goes on alongside some pretty difficult situations and circumstances. A few that I've mentioned here and so many more. So many that we don't even remember them sometimes because they are quickly replaced with others. And given this reality, I humbly bow to you in honor and acknowledgement of how you go on with your life and wish you strength and send you love for the journey. I see you. I see what you do. And I know how hard it is. If you would like to share how your life goes on or you just want to reach out and say hi, feel free to email me at shelteredjourney at gmail.com. That's S-H-E-L-T-E-R-E-D-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y at gmail.com. 
Your privacy will always be respected, and I look forward to hearing from you. And I want to say a very special thank you to all of you who have written to me, sending notes of support, and told me how much the Sheltered Journey podcast has meant to you and resonated in your life. I so appreciate this feedback as it fuels me. It truly keeps me going and doing the work to support parents and caregivers like me. Don't forget that you can listen to all episodes of Sheltered Journey at the website, www.shelteredjourney.org. Finally, consider starting a gratitude practice. And if you already do so, that's wonderful. Keep it up. To start a gratitude practice, or dust off one that you started a while ago but haven't gotten to, every day, recite to yourself or write in a journal one to three specific things that you are grateful for. Perhaps you woke up this morning and that headache that had been plaguing you the day before is gone. That's something to be grateful for. Maybe you were able to finally connect with that person you have been trying to reach for the past few weeks. That's good. Take note of it. The clerk at the store took extra time to help you find exactly what you were looking for, and you are grateful for that. One of the benefits of a gratitude practice, why it helps, is that we can uncover the abundance of gifts that occur in every day of our life. Not those gifts wrapped in shiny paper with big red bows on them, but the simple ones that come around every day. Even those really bad days. And in focusing on the abundance of what we have in our lives, we strengthen our mental health for the road ahead. Several studies have proven that practicing gratitude improves our mental and physical well-being. So give it a try. Wherever you are right now, listening to this podcast as you take a walk, while driving, while cooking a meal, or sitting quietly, Find three things you are grateful for and savor them. For me, right now, I am grateful for having a restful night's sleep, for the energy I feel this morning as I prepare to record this episode, and for the warmth of my two dogs who are cuddled next to me on this cool October morning. I'm grateful for that delicious blueberry muffin I just had with a slice of cheddar cheese on top. That was delicious. So, take some time to practice gratitude. If you don't have a journal, don't worry about it. You can record onto a smartphone. You can write your gratitude down on the back of an envelope. Just release all those things that you are grateful for. Thank you for listening to Sheltered Journey. Be well.